This is Vermont Credit Unions on Air, a service of the Association of Vermont Credit Unions. I'm Joe Bergeron, president of the association. Dealing with the occasional unplanned expense that negatively impacts your monthly revenue flow is something most of us deal with from time to time. The unexpected car repair, a refrigerator that stops working, a washing machine springs a leak, it's all fairly common. And unfortunately, the fact is that 63% of us don't have enough savings to cover even a $500 unplanned expense like those. And that's not even a very big amount in today's world for, for some of the unexpected expenses that come up. So today, we're talking about ways to help all of us set aside a few dollars regularly for everything from unexpected car repair to much bigger long-term goals. With me are three financial experts who will share stories and tips about successful ways to plan for the future. Patricia Selsky is the Money Sense Program Manager at New England Federal Credit Union. Welcome, Patricia. Thank you. Andrea Heller is Financial Counselor and Educator at Opportunities Credit Union. Great to have you here, Andrea. Thank you. And Rachel Feldman is Public Relations Specialist at VSCCU. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thanks, ladies, to all three of you. Uh, all three panelists are from financial institutions that are very well known to Vermont consumers. Uh, and, and again, thanks to each of you for joining me here today. Um, I hope we're going to have, I know we're going to have a very productive and informative discussion that's going to be beneficial to all of our listeners. So to get us going, I thought it might be good to start uh, with thoughts from each of you on why regular savings is so important. Um, and if it's all right, Andrea, I thought I might start with you, if, if that's okay. Sure. I think the habit of savings is a way to empower individuals in terms of their finances. So s establishing a habit of savings is difficult, but once you're in the process of building a savings, not only do you have financial security, but you also have a sense of financial empowerment, which might lead you down a different financial path. Awesome. Um, Patricia, anything you'd, you'd follow on that with? Well, I think that regular savings is important because it gives, it allows an individual freedom of choice. It gives them an opportunity to move through life and have the flexibility, whether they're trying to decide to move from one job to another or start their own business. With financial um, foundation or savings, you have the ability to do that. It also helps you, when life happens, reduce stress um, because you don't have to worry about the financial component, and it can give you an increased sense of um, well-being. Both really good points, ladies. Uh, uh, Rachel, anything you'd add? Well, I believe that Andrea and Patricia definitely hit on the two key points of the habit of savings and then the empowerment that it gives you. There are unhealthy habits and then there are healthy habits, and savings is one of those healthy habits. And the more it becomes part of your routine, the more opportunities you're going to find to save. There are times every year that we find money that we may not have anticipated to come in. And then it gives you that tool in your toolkit of, I could put this into savings so that I'm now empowered, as Patricia said, when an emergency happens, to not immediately panic about how am I gonna cover this? You know you have at least something that can help you get through that hurdle. And that feeling of personal empowerment is something that is infectious. You pass it on to those that you love, you pass it on to those that you know, and then it's a habit that everybody can get on board with. Awesome, all really good points, ladies. Um, you know, I thought it'd be beneficial for us to have some, uh, for the people listening, for us to have some general conversation, because you all have so much uh, knowledge to share with everyone. 
Um, but, you know, another good way to, to prompt that probably is to share some stories because you and the folks that you work with in your individual institutions all deal with this, you know, on a daily basis. And you see all kinds of examples of people coming in who have savings challenges or are trying to, you know, correct some deficit that they've encountered or whatnot. So, <coughs> I don't know. And any one of you can go first. Let's. I, I don't want to, you know, do like draw straws or something. But any one of you got something you want to start with for us? Sure. The one of the stories that comes to mind um, primarily to me first was about a retired couple and they both had to battle cancer and between their medical expenses and um, just dealing with the diagnosis they they built up about thirty thousand dollars in debt and that was credit cards and medical bills all pulled together and that forced them to seek help from a financial counselor and that counselor helped them um, you know work out a budgeting plan which included savings, and an important part of that is when you're tackling debt like $30,000, you have to continue to save so that you can break that cycle. So recently, three years later, after their initial um, uh, coming to our financial institution, they've been able to pay down their medical debt. They paid off most of their credit cards. They have two minor balances on two credit cards and they have $8,000 in savings. Great. And that is an awesome story. And that's why we do the work that we do. Their life was turned upside down and, and they're both doing financially well and as well as um, physically well. And nobody should feel that vulnerability when you're fighting a medical diagnosis that you have to worry sure. about finances. So that counselor they met with must have set them up with some kind of ongoing regular savings plan. Exactly, and meets with them regularly. Great, that's, that's awesome. So through that process, as unfortunate as it was, it created some habits that are gonna carry them through the rest of their lives that keep them in that better financial position that they got to. Correct. Awesome. I've been working with some clients who um, had a lot of collection debt, and one of my clients spent about a year and a half saving up some money so that they could really improve their credit profile and eventually refinance their automobile loan. But it was that empowerment piece where it was a challenge to really review your credit profile and improve it, and this person was able to successfully continue on that path and have savings to address the collection debt. Now this person is in a completely different um, credit profile. And so this will enable this person to make other choices, perhaps home ownership, or travel down a different financial path um, than he would have been able to previously. And, and both of your stories remind me that um, you know, having difficulties or challenges because you've accumulated a credit card debt, whether it be for medical purposes or just overspending for any particular reason or, you know, whatever other reason, it's not income specific. It's it's not a limited to one demograph financial demographic or another. It's all ranges of uh, financial income, right? Absolutely. Uh, yes, I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. And in order to prepare for that, there are some simple things that you can do in your everyday life. Um, one of the stories that I have to share is that someone thought that they didn't have any money that they could possibly save. And we had a conversation about what they spend money on just on a weekly basis. And they were buying coffee every morning. 
And in addition to coffee, they'd usually pick up something for breakfast. Um, I suggested, do you like iced coffee or do you like hot coffee? They like iced coffee. You know you can get a cold brew coffee pot that will just sit in your fridge and that costs $20 and then you have coffee for the whole week. They have now started a savings account. They're now seeing positive balances in there and they are finding that their checking is able to cover the expenses that they thought they were living so close to the line. But one of those small changes can really make a big difference. Look at a small investment that's gonna give you the same thing that you wanna have on your daily basis. I mean, people wake up, they want their coffee. I, that's a totally understandable thing. And you make that small change, you make it yourself, you aren't incentivized to buy something else while you're there. You save that money and all of a sudden your finances can come into a more realistic perspective. So is it is it common from your three experiences that you know when you're when you're sitting down with someone or people that you work with or you know addressing the kinds of issues that all three of you are just talking about and someone's having that initial discussion about uh, you know I want to improve my credit score I want to pay down some debt I want to save for whatever and so on and so forth that but if it involves and most of the time it does involves curbing expenditures by one way or another that the first thing, and maybe it's human nature, that they, their mind goes to is what's the big thing that I can cut out that I can do without that's going to fix it? Or maybe not overnight, but, but quick, instead of the smaller things that you were, mm -hmm. we were talking about. Is that, is that fairly common, you find, or is that a um, I think that's hard for people because I think um, part of it is attitude. It's not necessarily cutting anything out. It's mm -hmm. really important to take small steps we were just um, talking with somebody and we talked about the lunch scenario you know bring your lunch versus eating out and they had a family and they had lots of busy mornings and busy nights and i just don't have time to pack lunch every day and i'm like you don't have to do it every day start with once or twice a week and then put that money somewhere where you can watch it grow and then that's going to incent you to say to propel that and get the family involved to realize that money that you're saving may go towards a family um, outing or something that everybody can buy into. So I think the thing that people try or think they have to do is take a big bite out of something in their life when really it's a small habit and it's just the activity of getting started. I think that gradual piece is really important so people don't feel overwhelmed. The other thing that I often do when I see clients is I will will actually do a budget there at the session and then I encourage them to maybe explore um, or track their expenses for a while so that they understand um, more about their relationship to some of the things that they feel are crucial in their life. But sometimes cell phone bills and cable bills can be adjusted. So that's always a big piece that I ask people, have you reviewed another cell phone company? Um, do you really need cable or can you live with Netflix? And those two kinds of bills that become such a big thing in They're people's huge. lives these days. Yeah. And they just keep getting bigger and bigger, right? Yeah. You can really get out of hand. Absolutely, and for varying generations, now that so many things are working electronically as opposed to via broadcast the way that I think all of us grew up using 
There are numerous accounts and subscriptions that we will take on, and we may have them, and they're just automatically taken out of our accounts, and we don't necessarily keep track of those. So making a monthly budget with different pockets, the monthly budget that has, these are the expenses that I know I have every month, either rent or mortgage, your car payment, the things that are a set amount every month then the things that you need every month food gas things like that that's the second tier then the third is the fun tier if you'll call it which is the entertainment but it is also something that we really do enjoy having in our lives it is something that we do but make sure that you know exactly what you are subscribing to because they're just going to keep taking that money out of your account magazine subscriptions don't forget those because they're just going to make it as difficult as possible for you to unsubscribe from that magazine, but they're going to keep charging you every year. So break your monthly budget down. First of all, make one, and then break it down into those tiers and find the areas where you could save even a dollar because that $1 is going to earn interest. It's going to encourage you to save more dollars, and then those will grow and grow, and they'll be there for you. I know the magazine subscription seems like a small thing, but um, I don't. I used to get a fair number of magazines, um, but not anymore. I don't. I can't even think of one that I get anymore, um, it, because every time I get the solicitations in the mail, I've been stung enough times with trying to figure out how do I stop this subscription, and having it be difficult to figure it out, and uh, and maybe it's simple. And I just am not aware of it, but. Um, that's, it's not the content that I think about first. It's how do I stop this if I want to a year down the road or something. Absolutely. And it can be difficult to break up with those sources that you've been used to getting information from. But the Internet has changed the landscape. Sure. And print media is relying on all of us a lot more to buy into it. But that does not mean that you should feel like you have to be a benefactor unless you're in a position to do so. And in that case, kudos to you. And Definitely. if not, no shame in it. You know, I remember the day when, um, and maybe it's because of my age, it's probably an age thing. Uh, you folks are all way younger than me, so maybe this is uh, after your uh, growing up years. But I remember the day when financial institutions like all of yours were promoting uh, you know, Christmas clubs and vacation clubs and so on and so forth. And I don't seem to hear about those sort of savings vehicles too much anymore. And you know, I know we can all do that individually, but that takes you know, self-motivation and whatnot. And so are those very common amongst you folks anymore? Do you see people you know, asking about those kinds of vehicles? We still offer that. We have some products that, um, especially I think the holidays mm -hmm. are a big, can be a big barrier for folks. I know I've seen clients in the past who have skipped a mortgage or um, apartment payment simply Ooh. to provide a Christmas for their children. And so um, thinking about that in advance and setting that money aside so that there is no last minute rush is really important and it helps you establish that pattern. And you bring up a good point. Another category I would put on my plan would be those things that you might not incur monthly, but you do during the year so that you anticipate them, whether it be the holidays or gifts or that um, you're taking your 
pet to the veterinarian or something like that, you still have to um, put money aside for those types of expenses. You know, at the very beginning, I mentioned as an example about emergency expenses, right? And that 60-some-odd percent of Americans can't cope with a $500 unplanned expense or not without tapping a credit card or line of credit or something like that. So, um, you know, we've talked a lot about el eliminating, you know, the morning coffee from Starbucks or whatever and those kinds of things and whatnot. But what do you um, – what how do you advise people that are – trying to or do you advise people to have some kind of um, you know safety cushion amount like to cover that $500 expense that I was saying and how much should they have and how do they save for that it seems like it would be a lot harder to guide people into saving for that intangible amount because it's the cushion as opposed to saving for a Christmas gift list or uh, you know a vacation or you know paying down credit card debt or something because it seems like saving for the unknown expense is a little less tangible than all those other kinds of things but just as important if not more for sure. yeah. yeah so i think all of us have more than one thing that we want to save for and that's part of the plan is that you put it together so that you're saving for multiple goals at once um we certainly encourage people to save for retirement as soon as possible, but you also need to have your a little bit of uh, emergency fund, as well as if you're saving for a vacation or a car or a down payment, whatever it is that you need. So I think it's important that you put a plan together and you you don't just focus on one thing, but you have a broad brush with your financial plan. And you can talk about saving for the short term, short term and the long term, um, so that to distinguish between those unexpected expenses that might come up, and then other goals like providing a holiday for your family. Um, I think that's really important to distinguish, um, and it helps people think about having funds set aside for an emergency. And one of the best ways, probably, to think about that in terms of your savings plan is to think about the last time you had an emergency, the last time you had to make those difficult decisions where you had to draw on a line of credit, where you had to put it on your credit card and think about that and think about if this happens again, because it will, it will. We all have the unexpected emergencies. How do I want to feel going into that? Do I want the added stress? or do I want to start making a plan for it now? Because again, even if it doesn't cover the full amount, even a few dollars will still help. It's a few dollars that you don't have to take out of your monthly rotation of expenses. Good point about thinking uh, that you want to feel better next time you deal with this situation than you did the last time around. Yeah. Um, so you've all contributed, uh, you know, thrown out a lot of little suggestions for, you know, savings plans and eliminating expenses and, you know, saving a little bit of the time and so on and so forth. Are, are there any uh, uh, specific, you know, savings tips or savings tools that you recommend to people that you deal with every day um, that are kind of like the, 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 the regular tried and true kinds of, of bits of recommendation that you give people? There's a couple of financial authors that I really like, and mm -hmm. I feel like 
when a client is exploring or reading about finance, that's the best way for them to discover, like, how can I save? What's going to be the best method for me? Because um, some people prefer apps, like a phone app, and some people prefer paper and pencil, and it doesn't matter. But I really like uh, Kristen Wong, who wrote Get Money. She's also um, a YouTuber. She goes under the Wild Wong, and she has a blog. Mm. She writes a lot about personal finance and her own relationship to her experience with personal finance. Um, I also really love Liz Pulliam Weston. She is a financial writer, but she writes for the lay person. And so she's written Your Credit Score and Deal With Your Debt, which might be out of um, publication. But really understanding how these pieces all fit together, I think, empowers people to make different choices. And I think the big one, you know, you can automate your savings and you could have a couple of different accounts and you could have $5 go here and $2 go there and it will build. And the key is to, it doesn't, you don't have it to spend. So it's taken away from you and put into savings. So you make that savings your priority. And I think that's really an important key for this. And and another thing I'd really like to um, bring home is when you are working with um, debt and you're overwhelmed, you still need to save. It's not so that you can break the cycle instead of keeping the debt cycle going. So savings really is important. There's a famous person who said, um, don't save what's left after spending, but spend what's left after saving. And I think that's really an attitude and something to embrace. That's a good point. I'm, I'm giving a round of applause that is not going to screw up the microphones here <laughs> because that is an excellent, excellent point. Um, and to that point, I'm going to go to what my parents taught me, and I was so fortunate to have my parents raise me with savings mentality instead of giving me my allowance in, you know, $2 in bills. They gave me their old checkbook, and they gave me an old bank book and I would keep track every week. I would enter in $2 every week and if I wanted something, I would write them a check for the amount and they would check my register to make sure I had enough money and then they would give me the money for it and it taught me to manage my finances but also see what happens if I don't just spend the money that I'm given that I can actually get something better or I can just have the security to know if something were to happen and it was like I wanted to donate to a school trip that I wouldn't otherwise be able to afford to go on I could contribute something Um, and I would love to share that savings tip with everyone out there who has someone in their life that they could teach just give them an old checkbook and give them an old bank register and it's such an easy way to teach people not only how to write checks, but how to really feel empowered to have control over their own money and see the value of keeping some and spending some. All good points. And, uh, you know, just quickly, I want to go back for one second uh, to a thought you gave me, Patricia, when you referenced about, you know, save for your, do savings first, you know, spending second. Because um, there's so many articles, and maybe I'm sensitive to this because I'm way closer to retirement age than I am to starting out age, but uh, starting out in the workforce. But, um, you know, there's so many articles that I've seen about uh, retirees who get, or almost retirees, who get into financial predicaments because they're supporting their children 
before they're saving for their own needs, whatever it may be, whether it's the emergency fund or medical care or you know whatever else. It's um, it, it's I guess in some families it's just ingrained in us that you know you've got to take care of other people and, and all of that and be generous with your resources and everything. But here we're saying, well, you have to be a little selfish at the same time and take care of yourself first. Right. I think you make a good point because a lot of us learn our habits or our financial behavior, if you will, from our families. And then if we don't learn it from our families, we reach out and get guidance from from professionals. But one thing that we all have in common is it doesn't matter how much we make, we all at any at any in, at any income level we can struggle with managing our money definitely and i think the rules come down to pretty much you know simple basic rules it's not the money that has the that's the issue it's really working with the behaviors and the attitudes and the sh- selfish aspect of saving or what we were talking about the perceived selfish aspect of saving you can the analogy i like to use is when you're in a plane and the pilot or whoever says put your oxygen well, mask yeah, on first yeah. before you put your oxygen mask on your kids or your partner or whatever and that's the piece that is that's how i sort of explain savings to people sometimes good point mm-hmm. you'll never be able to help other people if you aren't in a position mm-hmm. to help them to begin exactly. with yeah. yeah awesome um so we've covered a lot of, a lot of ground um i hope it's helpful to some people um you know throughout all of this you've talked about um you know, a lot of different guidance and advice and, and whatnot, but are there any particular uh, resources? Uh, and, and and I know uh, you mentioned some already about the YouTube person and yeah, uh, Kristen Wong. both, both mm-hmm. wrote books, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that are good resources. But are, are there other resources out there, ladies, that you direct people to to consider, whether it's watching, reading, or seeking counsel someplace? Anything in particular? Well, there's a lot of financial institutions in the area, local, that offer um, seminars and workshops um, free of charge, as well as online resources. And then you always always, uh, have financial counselors at your dispense if you need some guidance um, on an individual level. Yeah, really don't don't be afraid to ask for help don't be afraid to go into your financial institution and say I need to talk to somebody and get some advice financial institutions are here to help you they're here to make sure that you're able to make the most of your finances and also feel secure none of us benefit from anybody feeling afraid or scared it's just it's to everyone's benefit if we feel on solid ground and um, I just want to agree with you completely Patricia on that point that there are so many online resources that financial institutions offer um, that just provide helpful advice and it doesn't even have to be going in and talking to somebody it could be a blog or it could be some online tools the America Saves and Vermont Saves websites will be a really good resource to find these tools and even some templates that you can use to start building your own budgets. And I think it's important to know when you when you go in to talk to a financial counselor, that kind is a little bit uh, overwhelming because you're afraid of, of whatever you bring with you. But I think it really just is an open discussion. 
and talking about what kinds of goals and what kinds of, it can be anything you want it to be, what kinds of goals and aspirations you have and just helping you think of it as a, a support system for you to, to um, live the life you're meant to be. Right. And, I, and I would also say that establishing a pattern or a habit of savings, it's a very personal and individual journey. And you have to give yourself some time. You might fail along the way, but failure is part of your ultimate success. Right. And, you know, you, you, all three of you mentioned a financial counselor at your institutions or any financial institution that somebody has a relationship or plans to have a relationship with. And, you know, it strikes me, and I guess you, you've kind of said this already, that, um, you know, talking to financial counselor does, is, should not be taken as a negative. You know, it's, it's a positive. It doesn't matter what financial situation that you're in. You should feel free to use that resource because it's available to you. Great. And it's a no-judgment zone. You are not going to go in there and get a hard time for what you've done in the past. You're going to go in and get help, get feedback, right. and get advice on how you can move forward again to live the life that we all deserve to live. And you don't have to wait till you have a problem to see a counselor. You can see a counselor because I'm interested in buying a house in three years and I want to get my credit. In the, in the best shape possible. So it can be preventative as well, or just a learning experience as you start out in the world. Right, for sure. Like, uh, don't wait to buy the insurance when the fire has already started. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, thank you very much, ladies. Uh, I feel like we should make a plug for um, uh, a web, there's, there's a million online resources, obviously, and you've referenced some of them. Uh, Rachel referenced the America Saves website, and there's a Vermont page on that America Saves website. Um, but I feel like we should make a plug for it. It's hard to give, you know, hyperlinks in a, in a podcast like this. But if there's one we can give, it's americasaves.org.org. Uh, that is a good starting point anyway with pointers to other locations. And there's, I believe, a Vermont-specific page there or, or will be shortly with some links to resources and whatnot. So if you have no place else to go, start there or check YouTube channels for financial guidance like Andrea referenced. Um, we're winding down, ladies. Anything else any of you brought with you that you care to contribute, or, or have we covered what we need to cover pretty much? Just by listening to this podcast, I'm speaking directly to the listener. You're already taking an incredible step towards building savings and becoming the financial person that you want to be, already are, or want your children to be, your loved ones to be. So thank you so much for listening. Awesome point. Thank you for that, Rachel. Well, thanks for listening, and thank you to uh, our three panelists here for giving so much guidance to us today and tips. We hope you all found it informative. With that, we've reached the end of another Vermont Credit Union's on-air podcast, and hope you found it informative. You can hear all of our previously recorded podcasts by searching for Vermont Credit Union's on-air in the iTunes store or at soundcloud.com. If you have ideas for a podcast and something you'd like to hear about, send it to podcast at vermontcreditunions.coop, C-O-O-P. Until our next podcast, this is Joe Bergeron with Patricia Selsky, Andrea Haller, and Rachel Feldman. Thank you, ladies. At the Association of Vermont Credit Unions, thanking you for listening. Thank you.